Now there stood by the cross of Jesus His mother. Words taken from the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. John. Some months ago, a prelate of the church spoke from a pulpit in Rome about our Blessed Lady at the foot of the cross. He said, The Gospel tells us nothing. If she said a word or not, she was quiet. But in her heart, how much she said to the Lord, You told me then that He will be great. You told me that You would give Him the throne of His father David, that He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And now I see Him there. The Blessed Mother was human, he went on, and perhaps she would have wanted to say, Lies! I have been cheated. Hmm. Is this accurate? If so, it means Our Lady was scandalized by the cross. It means that Calvary was a stumbling block for her. So on this Good Friday... I decided to look into this matter. And I was so edified by what I found, I would like you to hear it too. Hope you don't mind. Let's look into this matter with the help from the fathers, the doctors, and the popes of happy memory. Yes, Our Lady was truly human. She is the highest honor of our race, as Judith says in the Old Testament, prophesying of her. But she was also conceived without original sin. She was human, but not a fallen human like us. She had perfect faith, and she never doubted. Sin is what causes doubts. She also had a perfect soul. A perfect soul, meaning that she would not forget things like we do. So she had the Scriptures memorized. Whatever she read, she knew. And she knew them well and would have understood many things about them that we cannot even to this late date, 2,000 years since the coming of our Lord, can we yet understand. We're talking about the mother of God here, the Immaculate Conception. Perhaps this prelate is a little too anxious to attribute to an Immaculate Conception Our own weakness due to original sin of Adam. Now, it seems to me we can delve more deeply into this matter by going back to the beginning of creation. Let's start there. From the fathers and the doctors and the holy writers of the church, we find these amazing statements. St. Irenaeus, very early on, father of the church. Since the Savior already existed... And here he's speaking about him existing in the mind of God by way of intention. He had not yet come, but in God's mind, he was already there. Since the Savior already existed, God had to create something to be saved unless the Savior were to exist without any purpose. What's he saying? God already planned the cross before making Adam and Eve. God does not change. His plan was in place from the beginning. As St. John says in the Apocalypse, chapter 13, 
This is the Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. St. Bonaventure puts it like this. God knew from all eternity the fall of the human race. He created man precisely because he knew he would raise him up again. That is why the restoration of fallen man is prior in the divine intentions to the creation of a creature capable of falling. Listen to St. Ambrose. Commenting on the creation of Adam, he says, Well, God created heaven. I do not read that he rested. He made the sun, the moon, and the stars. There too, I do not read that he rested. But I read that he made man, and only then did he rest. Having someone whose sins he could forgive. St. Ambrose. Amazing. In the plan of God, he willed the Savior and his instrument of salvation, the cross, before willing those who needed it and needed him. This is a very significant because it displays, it puts on display how our Lord came to be in the womb of Our Lady. Did he come to be a king incapable of suffering? Impassable. Or did he come as a suffering servant, a king whose throne is the cross and crown of thorns? As the fathers and the doctors indicated, it is the latter. At least the ones I was looking into. I'm sure there is some debate there. But still, it's interesting. God does not change. Oh, Adam sinned. I better change my plan. No. St. James says God doesn't change. So the plan was perfect from the beginning. So, Just as God conceived the Christ in his mind ahead of time to be a savior, one who would suffer for the saved, so too was he conceived in the womb, capable of suffering from the very start. Blessed Mary knew this and embraced it all the way to the very end. Okay, let's turn to an expert, 16th century expert on the incarnation, Cardinal Beirul. He wrote these profound words. He said, The virgin is too united with her son not to conform to and resemble him. She is too close to him and too intimate to be ignorant of his state and his secrets. She knows what goes on between his father and him. She knows he has taken on the condition of a host victim. He's taken on the condition of of a victim, of a host, and that he already bears the marks and effects within her. Because of this condition, Jesus experiences a state of humiliation within his divine state. This humiliation pierces the heart of Mary and humbles her as well. As a result of the state of her son, she bears similarly a type of abasement and humiliation within the very state of her divine motherhood. Cardinal Beirul, what's he saying? She knew that she had conceived a passable, a wounded Savior from the very beginning. It could not be hidden from the mother. 
She knew he was somehow destined for Calvary, destined to fulfill the scriptures. And this means she could not be scandalized by his passion. Even though she may not have known all the details, she was aware of it and embraced it from the very beginning. In any case, it shows that she would not be caught off guard or scandalized easily. Thus, Pope Benedict XV, reigning during World War I, taught, she offered her son so generously in sacrifice to satisfy the justice of God that it may be said with reason that she cooperated in the salvation of the human race along with Christ. She offered her son so generously. When we turn to the mystics, we find that they are in agreement that Our Lady specially asked our Lord to share in His passion. He denied her a physical share but he granted her a mystical share. For example, to Sister Josefa Menendez, this is around the 1920, the Sacred Heart said to her, My mother was present in spirit at all the torments of my passion by divine revelation. In other words, she experienced all the pains and sufferings, but mystically. She somehow felt the blows, the spittle, the scourging and the crowning and finally the crucifixion. All of it. And she remains standing. What is most amazing is how she could endure the death of Christ. The most painful thing a man has to endure is the separation of body and soul. That is why a man will give all that he owns to preserve his life. Now think about it the most perfect soul and perfect body ever made by God, that of His Majesty, the King, must have been specially difficult to separate and could not be done except by God's willing it. Thus, St. Thomas Aquinas held that his death was truly a miracle, signified by his crying out in a loud voice, but at the same time, Our Lady did not die. She endured His death mystically. The most painful separation of body and soul ever. A sort of living death. Surely this is one reason why she is often shown fainting at the foot of the cross. Not from human weakness, not from swooning, but because at that moment... Her whole soul feels like it's being ripped apart from her body. And yet she's still alive. How little we understand of the intimate union between those sacred hearts. One medieval writer, this is old stuff. One medieval writer puts it like this. At that moment, Christ and Mary had but one single will. And both were equally offering a single holocaust to God. She with the blood of her heart, he with the blood of his body. Again, the fathers and the doctors come to our aid. St. Ambrose, his mother stood before the cross, and while the men fled, she remained undaunted. She did not fear the torturers. His mother offered herself to his persecutors. They dare not touch her. 
St. Bernard. But perhaps someone will say, Did she not know ahead of time that her son was going to die? He answers, Yes, undoubtedly. If he could die in the body, why could she not die with him in the heart? It was charity greater than that of any other man that made Christ die. And it was also charity that made Mary die with him in her heart. After that charity, no other like charity ever was. St. Bernard. Thus, we are forced to conclude that Our Lady was in complete union with Christ, her Son, and Savior on Calvary. Never did she doubt, stumble, or consider that she had been lied to. She could not be caught off guard at what was transpiring on that first Good Friday. Instead, I tell you, it is the other way around. The only way others could remain at the foot of the cross was because she remained at the foot of the cross. Just as our Lord needed to be baptized to make all the waters of the world available for baptism, only she could make it possible for all those other people at the foot of the cross to remain. Traditionally, that is precisely how St. John, the beloved apostle, was able to make it to Golgotha and remain. The same can be said of St. Mary Magdalene and all the other women. Without the Virgin, they too would have failed His Majesty and have fled. If we want to remain firm, to stand at the foot of the cross, come what may, most especially in this passion tide of the mystical body, the church. We must, we have no choice, we must go to Blessed Mary. As she said at Fatima, only she can help you.